we love movies about foster care. And today we're talking about a favorite in the Jack fam. Join us today on Fostering the Future. Welcome to the Fostering the Future podcast, a show about all things child welfare, dependency, adoption, and foster care. Here are your hosts, veterans in the world of child welfare, Jack and Kat. We believe that every human has incredible and equal value regardless of what side of the courtroom we sit on. We hope that everyone feels welcome and accepted here on Fostering the Future. Make sure you follow us on Facebook or Instagram as Fostering the Future Podcast, or check us out on our website at fosteringthefuturepodcast.org. Hey, this is Mac, and I'm here with Jack. Jack, how are you? Doing pretty good. How you doing, Mac? I'm doing good. We're getting to the end of the weekend here. You have some fun in your house this weekend? Uh, we went to Clearwater Beach. We ventured out to Clearwater Beach last night, actually, and we didn't make it out of the car because there was no parking, but... Other than that, no fun. What a bummer. Well, I got thrown up on twice today, so I guess you're probably better off than me. Um, Oh, I want the baby. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't it be nice if I was thrown up on by the baby? (laughs) Oh, it wasn't even the baby? No, uh, baby Jack got one of his fun headaches and ended up throwing up all over me. So yeah, we're having a great weekend. We're just doing a lot of like catch up around the house this weekend. So it hasn't been too fun, but we had such a fun week that I guess like you got to do the boring stuff sometimes, right? So we watched a movie this weekend. Yes, I watched it twice, actually. <laughs> you watched it twice? I, wa- I probably watched it twice, but I've seen it quite a few times before. You haven't seen it before this weekend, right? Yeah, I've never seen it. But your girls have many times. I didn't now, even invite the girls to come watch it with me because I wanted it to be quiet. So I was like, <laughs> nobody come in here. That's so funny because I was going to ask you if they watched it with you, but there's a lot of movies about foster care, but this is definitely one of the ones at the top of my list. I would say that most of my foster kids have loved this one more than any of the other ones. It's just funny. It's fun. There's a lot of action and the superhero side of things is always fun. I understand it was wasn't your favorite type of movie. It wasn't my favorite, but after I sat there and got more into it, it wasn't as bad as I complained about. So you're ready to go see the new one, right? Are we going to see the new one? <laughs> I think we're going to have to go see the new one now that you're into it, right? right? We saw it at the drive-in a couple weeks ago. I really liked the uh, second one almost. I can't tell if I liked it more than the first or not, but it's it's really good. I'm going to have to um, watch it again after more recently watching the first. So the movie that we're talking about, of course, is Sh- Zam. Um, do you want to give a quick plot rundown in case any of our listeners have not watched Shazam? Foster boy uh, runs away from his foster home. Every single foster home he gets because he's looking for his mom. He gets to this foster family and he's on a train and there's a magic wizard. The magic wizard gives him superpowers and he is having fun with the superpowers until the villain comes and finds him. <laughs> and then... 
once the villain comes and finds them, they start fighting and then he shares his powers with his foster family and they win. But in the mix of it, he did find his mom. And I don't want to I don't want to give that part away, but he did find his biological mom. That part broke well, my heart. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into that. I don't know. Like, I, I really struggle with that one for a lot of reasons, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So, yeah, that's the basic rundown of the movie. Kiddo in foster care. He's running away. Like, let me tell you, that is like the most common behavior for older kids in foster care is that they run away really just because they don't like where they're at or they feel like their life is out of control and they're trying to have some type of control over it. Lots of uh, possible reasons and causes for kids to do it, but a lot of them do do it. Let's get into the characters. Let's start with talking about Billy because he's the main character, right? Okay. Billy is the main character of Shazam. They show his story from the beginning where, in his opinion, he got lost from his mom at a carnival, ended up in foster care, basically just kept trying to get back to his mom because he thought it was his fault for leaving her. He is constantly running away from his foster homes. And they do say later on in the movie that none of the foster homes that he ran away from, there were 23 foster homes he ran away from that were willing to take kids his age. None of the ones that he ran away from would accept him back in the home after he ran away, which also is really common. A lot of foster parents don't have the ability to maintain a runner. It's hard to explain because you're like, what's so bad about them running away? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're punching no, you in the face. I would be terrified if one of my kids ran away. I'd be like freaking yeah. out the whole entire time. Well, it's hard because you don't know where they're going to go because you don't know them as well as you, you would if they, you were their biological family. You don't know if they're safe. In fact, you can pretty much count on them probably not being safe because of the type of situations that they've been in in their life. I've had a couple runaway situations. One of the nice things about living in the middle of nowhere is there's not many places for them to go. One of my older girls that I had, I'm sure you remember, when she came to my house, it was just supposed to be an overnight and she was a runner. When she came to my house. She had just come back into care after running for like a couple weeks. She was only supposed to be at my house for a night or two. When she got there, she was like, gosh, there's really nowhere to go up here where you live. So maybe this would be a good place for me to like start over and start making better choices. Cause if I tried to run away, I couldn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, so, you are in the middle of nowhere. I still get lost going to your house. It did work for a certain amount of time until it didn't anymore. But bottom line, running very common. It's very difficult for a foster parent when your foster child has run because of the anxiety, worrying what might happen to them and just feeling like, what could I have done differently to help them feel safer, to help them want to stay um, often they end up, you know, sleeping in parks and homeless when they run away. So um, a lot of foster parents won't take runners once they run and won't take kids who are known runners. In the movie, Billy runs so often, none of his previous foster placements would let him come back after. So he feels super rejected. He doesn't think he's doing anything wrong in his head. He's just looking for his mom. Like he thinks he screwed up and got away from his mom. Like if you felt like it was your fault, you were in foster care because you ran away from your mom. He wasn't really running away. He got lost. And we find out later that she purposely abandoned him. He's running away because he's trying to find his mom, not because he's trying to be a bad kid. Like he's trying to fix the mistake that he thinks he made. But as a result of that, is not allowed back at any of his homes, which is something you see so often in foster care where they feel so rejected because of all the homes that have disrupted them that then they start to build up this wall and don't let anyone in. So when you see Billy, when you meet him in the beginning, you know, he seems a little funny, a little because uh, in the beginning of the movie, he's like running away from the cops and like tricking them. But then when you see him walk into that foster home, 
the new foster home after he gets kicked out of the old one. Um, you can see the wall he has up, how Darla runs up to him and like wants to be like best siblings and like, oh, my new big brother. And, you know, and he's just like, so I'm, cute. she's so cute. But he's like, I'm not your real brother. Like, this is weird. And Freddie's trying to be like welcoming and sweet and he's pushing him away. That's a real thing. Like, that's how a lot of kids in foster care get because they just feel so rejected. They don't want to like open themselves up to more hurt. Billy also says to the social worker that he doesn't want a family because he's like, I don't need a pretend pretend family. family. Yeah. He's like, I've got a mom. The social worker is like, in the world we live in with the media we have and the social media we have, if your kid got lost from you and they ended up in foster care, you would find out, right? Assuming that their reality is like our reality, the social worker has got to be like, if he had a mom who wanted to be a mom, she would have found him by now. Right. Um, and I think he, she's trying to like tell him that nicely, but he's, she doesn't say it nicely at all. That I think is one of the worst lines in the whole movie. Yeah. I don't know exactly what she said, but I know as soon as she said it, I turned over to my partner and I was like, this is so sad. I don't like this movie. I would like to think that that's not real realistic for what a social worker would say, because it's horrible. It's horrible. When you see this kid who just wants to get to his mom, she says something like, you're getting yourself kicked out of all these homes for someone who never looked for you. That'd be really hurtful. And the kid doesn't need to hear it, especially Billy is blaming himself enough for the situation that it's not his fault. I watched this two times. And like there's things in the first part of the movie that I didn't catch in the second part of the movie. I was like, oh, that's why the thing is so important. I didn't understand why it was so important. Why him to Yeah, Yeah, the compass that his mom gave him so he could find his way home. And then he keeps trying to find his way home. Billy says something to the social worker. I can take care of myself. I don't need a family. That's an attitude that a lot of foster kids have. I can understand them having that attitude. A lot of kids are parentified before coming into foster care. Often they had to take care of themselves and their siblings because of whatever the situation was at home. So a lot of kids, they're not safely able to take care of themselves, but they think they can take care of themselves. But also sometimes that happens in foster homes homes where they're just kind of left to fend for themselves when a foster home isn't properly caring for them and nurturing them. And when you have like such big grown up issues in your life that you're dealing with, it makes you think you're a grown up. Yeah. So a lot of foster kids are like that. They're like, I can take care of myself. I don't need you to do that for me. Billy blames himself for being in foster care. So most of us in the world, we're like, how could any kid blame themselves for being in foster care. Like it's not the kid's fault. They're in foster care. I can't tell you how many kids I've had that really did blame themselves. I had one kid and actually you had a pretty big impact on this kid. You were at my house. We had some type of event or party or whatever. I think the night he got there and because you had experienced some of what his mom was experiencing, you were able to like talk to him and like help calm him down and explain to him what was going to happen. Yeah, I remember now. You know who I'm talking about. That kid in particular totally blamed himself. And I remember every time he talked to the case manager he was like just tell me what i need to do to be able to get home you're like 13 years old your family is the one that needs to do what needs to be done to get you home and the great news is they did but he took so much of that on himself every time he talked to someone he was like what do i need to do to get home yeah that's really sad i made sure like my girls knew it wasn't their fault obviously you are like the absolute best at the whole taking responsibility and being honest with your kids thing but even some of these kids whose parents were like this is on me this isn't on you they just had that 
internal dialogue with themselves that like I need to do certain things in order to get home and this is my fault and how did I let this happen and it's so not their fault it's never the kid's fault kids don't go to foster care because of anything they did wrong that's just not how it works and it's just sad that so many kids kind of they've got enough going on that they don't need to deal with that too so that's that's Billy in a nutshell Mary. Do you remember Mary? Yes. That was going off to college. First of all, the fact that she is getting scholarships and going to college is like huge because the percentage of kids that go to college that were in foster care is like so minuscule. And most of that is because of a lack of support. I think it was the funniest part whenever she's like trying to answer the question on the phone with the college and she doesn't know what to say. And she's like, yeah, I am so glad you asked that. The foster dad gave him the answer and they pissed at the end was like one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah, he was like, ooh, use the foster kid angle. Like, they'll eat that up. Yeah, that was fun. She's going through the college application process and also that time where she runs into Billy when he is Shazam, she kind of goes into very common things for people who are in foster care, like anxiety about aging out of foster care. She's worried about leaving the family that she has found in this foster home. Uh, yeah, I think that's all really relatable. Yeah. Eugene. Eugene is the gamer. He's a computer genius. He's like really smart. Okay. Yeah, he's a cute kid. Like they don't go into his character too much, at least in the first movie. I just really got a kick out of him. He definitely added some comic relief and some reality of just like boys and their video games, right? You could tell that he is also like very into the family concept that's going on in this house. Speaking of which, I don't know if you picked up on this, but Jack Daddy wanted to make sure that we address this. So let's go ahead and just knock this out right now. Despite the fact that they call this a group home, this is not a group home. I made that in my notes, okay? (laughs) They say it's a group home, but it's not a group home. Okay, but I made it in my notes. I was going to question about this. So it yeah. was it was going to get brought up. Get That's good. a group home. It says it's a group home. They say it's a group home. That is not how group homes are run at all. First of all, there's only six kids. It's a totally different type of license. But a group home is usually it's more than six kids. And it's a business. It's not a home. There's not like a mom. I mean, I'm sure it's different everywhere. I'm sure there's different variables in the world that I live in. A group home is a business set up. It is a house and there are employees that come in and uh, cook and clean and supervise well, I'll keep my opinions to that to myself, but it is not a mom and a dad that live there 24 seven. It's employees who work on shifts. You certainly don't have like one kid in a room. It made group homes look better. But if you're saying that's not a group home, that is obviously not didn't make better. a group home at all. There was way more supervision on my college dorm than there is in most group homes. I mean, I would get texts from one of my kids who was in a group home telling me how her and the other kids were outside doing drugs and the person who ran the home was like watching them. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And they're employees. They're not like family. It's not a fan. Like that's the difference between a foster family and a group home is it's a group home is like a residential living facility. It's a business that somebody runs. What I went through. Yes. Jack daddy wanted to make it clear. The next kiddo is Freddie. He's probably the second most a uh, well-known character here, one of the foster siblings. Maybe my favorite. He's the one who walks with a crutch. I had to ask my partner if 
I was like, did somebody really throw him out of the window? That's what's wrong with him? <laughs> no, he was making a joke. When Billy goes up to the room, I think he's trying to put Billy at ease and make jokes with sarcasm or whatever. And he was like, oh yeah, Victor threw me out the window. It's real Game of Thrones around here. They seem nice, but don't let them fool you, right? He was totally joking. He's definitely bullied for both being a foster kid and for having a handicap. Whenever you hear like, who would bully a foster kid? But it happens. I remember when your girls live with me, one of them did not want anybody at school to know that she was in foster care. And one of them wanted to tell everybody. And that was a source of conflict because the one that did not want anybody to know was angry when she found out that her sister told her friends because she just didn't want people to know about it. And I don't know if that's because she was worried about bullying or just, you know, didn't want to talk about it. I mean, I have had kids. I remember that situation and it's kind of the same. Like now both of them don't want to talk about it. And I have had other placements, other kids who lived with me who came home and was like, somebody was making fun of me because I'm in foster care, which is just kids are so mean, man. I don't know how we ever get out alive. So Freddie is real protective of everyone, even though he is probably the most vulnerable. Yeah, Um, he was really a sweet kid. Even when he finds out that Billy took his like bullet thing. I know you're talking about his bullet. It was the bullet that Batman shot or Superman shot. Someone yeah. one superhero Somebody shot. Somebody got shot, shot by it or something. Yeah. Even when he knew that Billy stole something from him, he wasn't like mean. He wasn't mad. He was just like worried about Billy and running away. Like, I know you're going to run away because you took my bullet. Are you sure that that's a good choice for you? And then also when Billy says to Darla, because Darla was like something about my big brother and he's like, we're not really family. And Darla gets really upset. Freddie immediately goes to her and tries to help her feel better and like hugs her and stuff. I think Freddie's this really sweet kid. Yeah, he's awesome. Even trying to hold his friend accountable for using his superpowers for fame instead of to try and help people. Yeah. Then we've got Darla. Reminds me of my um, my eight-year-old. Yeah. Like just always positive, even when things aren't positive. This particular child was blinking and ran into a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Like she came running to me and had like all the kids are outside. Everybody's playing. Everybody's having fun. She comes running and she's got this like gash on her forehead. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, this is something. Did you trip? Did you fall? No, I was just running and I blinked. (laughs) I will never forget that message. Like your daughter blinked and ran into something. Don't worry. She's fine. (laughs) I mean, how how long was she blinking that she managed to uh she runs like, into walls still like we've lived in the same house for five years and she still runs into walls like we're like yeah. the wall has been up for years come on now but like, even when things like that happen and she didn't have to get stitches they did the glue instead which was I'm so thankful for because it's a lot less painful than if they had had to do actual stitches that whole time. She's just sitting there with a big smile on her face. Like I remember sitting in the doctor's office in the patient room, waiting for the doctor to come in with her. And she was like, I'm so glad we're here and I get to hang out with you and we're having fun. And meanwhile, she's got like blood coming out of her forehead. Um, Yeah. I can imagine her saying something like that. She always wants everybody around her to be happy. Like always tries to make things better, which is very similar to Darla and a lot of foster kids because I think a lot of the time 
times when kids are in foster care, first of all, if they were coming from a home where there was any type of violence or domestic violence or anybody who even just someone who gets drunk and gets a temper and yells at them, they have hyper awareness. They have to be overly aware of their environment around them because that's how they protect themselves. Maybe if if they've got like a, a dad who drinks or something, they become hyper aware and super tuned into their dad's feelings and emotions. And they always know when things are about to like amp up so they can like try and defuse the situation or try and get away from the situation. Even kids who aren't coming from homes where there was any type of violence or anger or tempers or anything like that, they go into foster homes and they're just getting to know people and they're having to like learn new rules and new like rituals and traditions and cultures and whatever it is that goes on in that house. They have to be hyper aware so that they can like not necessarily conform, but like learn how to live peacefully amongst these people that they don't know. So um, just by being in foster care, it can make kids hyper aware and then just constantly trying to make the people around them happy so that they're safe, so that they feel safe. Um, and I feel like Darla is definitely like that. She desperately wants a family. She desperately wants everybody to love each other. She wants everybody to be happy. She's like an overachiever trying to please everybody and also quickly attaches, like immediately calls Billy her brother. Just like I was saying about your eight-year-old always got a smile on her face even with blood coming out of her forehead the only time in the entire movie where I remember Darla not being happy is when Billy said they aren't a real family and she got sad yeah even when the bad guys are at the house the only time she's not happy is when Billy says they aren't a real family like I didn't even think of that when the bad guys were there she wasn't angry either Darla is really easy to like Pedro is the last kiddo in the home which one is he? Pedro is the one. He's a little heavier. In the beginning, I thought like he wasn't really nice. Yeah, I think I thought he was a jerk. He just kind of walks past him on the staircase and kind of like grunts and keeps walking. And I think that's a little bit more of what we were talking about with Billy with that like self-protective behavior. But then when you get further in the movie, he's so likable. He's a good guy. So I, I do like Pedro. I think at some point they mentioned how he struggles in school. And that's, again, a very common thing for kids in foster care to be struggling in school because, you know, when you're kind of in that survival mode of, you know, I'm just trying to make sure I'm OK and I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow and I miss my family. Like the last thing you're worried about is homework. So one of the things that I thought going back towards the beginning of the movie was a little unrealistic was the way that the police officer reacted to Billy when he like stole his cop car and his lunch and all that. Yeah. Because I feel like from my experience with working with law enforcement in situations with foster kids, maybe this is unfair. And again, this is only based on my own experience. I have found them to be very short tempered and easily frustrated with kids in foster care and definitely lacking some compassion for the situations. And, and when kids in foster care do the things that kids in foster care do, I really have not seen a lot of grace given. I appreciated it when he was like, did you at least save me some of my fries? Like it made me laugh. And I liked that. That's how he reacted. Yes. I felt like it was pretty unrealistic. If anybody else would have done that, that would have been a jail sentence right there. Oh, totally. So let's talk real quick about when Billy gets picked up by his new placement. Their names are Victor and Rosa. Yeah. So they pick him up in the van, they bring him home. And that's when they mentioned that they were in foster care when they were younger. See, I missed that part then. See, I told you I watched it twice and I missed that part. <laughs> As a foster parent, it's something I was super tuned into that they were really silly, sweet and genuine with him when he got in the car. They said that they used to be in foster care. They're like, 
So we get it. We get how you're feeling. They weren't intimidating at all. They were kind of teasing each other in front of him, which is something it's kind of a technique to like make people feel more at ease. They were like self-deprecating and whatever and teasing each other for the way they cook. And one of them's like, oh, you should be allergic to this. So you don't have to eat or cook and kind of thing. And they were laughing. So I think when you tease each other and laugh about it in front of kids, it shows them that you're not going to get mad at them for something stupid and little like that. You're not like so up in your ego that you can't like laugh at yourself. Uh, I really like that. And I think that they were more like the average foster parents. Like I think on most media, it's either like what Miss Hannigan, like it's an abusive, neglectful foster parent, or it's someone who's like, like some type of like Mother Teresa type character. But in reality, most foster parents are just normal, like other parents. And I think that Victor and Rosa really portrayed that well. They're like real, they're not perfect, they're compassionate. When Billy first got to the house, they all had dinner together. And I think they even had like a ritual where they put their hands in or something. I have that in my notes. I was going to say that was one of my favorite parts is when they put their hands together. And in the (laughs) end, Billy was the one that did it. Yes. In the end. Yes. Yeah. The thing I liked about that is that whether it's like a hands in or whether it's eating dinner together, like every time a kid goes to a different home than where they're used to. One of the biggest things to adapt to is like how every house is different from every house. Like sometimes you keep your shoes on when you're in the house. Sometimes you have to take them off when you get to the front door. Every house has different like customs and rules or whatever. And I think that's hard for to expect like a kid to come in to some place that's different and expect them to just automatically go with the flow or whatever. I like that they showed that it was positive traditions and and it was just really cute. But again, Billy was pushing everybody away not letting them get close to him. He was not having that hand thing. And I think Freddie said to him, I get it. You've been screwed over way too many times. You don't trust anybody. They talked about the concept of home. I think they talked about this when Billy ran away. Rosa was really worried about him. Seemed to be so shocked that this kid who's a runner ran. When you get a runner, they're going to run like in some point or another. And Victor tells Rosa, remember when you said to whatever kid that this is not a home until you call it a home. Home is something that you choose. He says, all we can do is give them a place full of love. Whether they choose to call it home, that's up to them. I love that part because it's true. Like a lot of kids come in and they're like, this is like a hotel until I can get back with my family. Sometimes that's what they have to do to to not feel like they're betraying their parents or whatever. Whether a kid is with you for a week or a year or five years or forever, all we can do is show them love and offer our home as a place for them to feel like they're part of. Like, I think for me, it's really important for my kids to feel part of us, even if it's for a short time. And that's why I do things that are probably really cheesy, like matching shirts and stuff like that, matching jammies and which is cute. Yeah. And like I put their thumbprints on the on that one picture or I I always hang their picture up on the wall. Like as soon as a kid is placed with me, because whether they want to be a part of us while they're with us or whether they want to kind of check out and you know, that we can't force that. Like we can't make them be a part of us while they're with us. But what we can do is like offer it to them and try and make it very clear to them that that they're welcome and that they're part of us in our opinions. I like that they have that conversation about home. And and that's also when Rosa and Victor decide that when, when he gets found after running away, they want to be the first family that doesn't tell him he can't come back. We're, we're going to be the first to welcome him back with open arms. And the thing is, like I've talked to adults who used to be in care when they were younger and they were like, a lot of the behaviors that I had or when I ran away, I really just wanted to see if they would still love me. If I do this, are you still going to love me? Could you imagine if your biological child ran away to, let's say, a friend's house for a couple of days 
And then they wanted to come back and you were like, no, you can never come back for the rest of your life. Could you imagine ever doing that? I would never do that. Sure. There's a different amount of permanency when it's your biological kid versus your foster kid. And I understand when people don't want to get into that place of living in constant fear of what's going to happen to the child because they're running. But so many of the behaviors, like if you're committing to them, you should commit to taking them back when that, when that happens. I have a kid. He did not run away, but he tried to run away. He tried to jump out of my car when it was moving. I already um, know. Yeah, you know the situation. And he had been in foster care for so long. He knew exactly what to say to get what he wanted. I think he felt overwhelmed because of whatever the situation was in the moment. And he just needed to get out of it. But we were driving. So his way to to try to jump out of my car. As soon as he saw the cop, immediately gets Baker acted. Also, the case manager, when she called and said, are you going to take him back when he gets out? And I was like, yeah, we're going to take him back when he gets out. It was not a long-term placement, but I was committed to keeping him until we found him an adoptive home. She was like, okay, well, usually when he runs away, he doesn't want to go back. This is actually the first time he asked to go back to a house after he ran away from it. Kind of like the flip side of this situation, just that a lot of kids, they just kind of want to push away to see if you really care about them. Freddie got made fun of at school all the time. He got picked on and beat up and bullied or whatever. Billy didn't even care about Freddie getting bullied and he was walking away while this handicapped kid who is sharing a room with him, he's his foster brother, he's watching him get bullied and he walks away. But the thing that made him turn around is when the bully said to Freddie, you don't even have a mom. Yeah. And that's when Billy I, turned around. I was going to say, you didn't, it was something about his mom. Yeah, because he can relate to that. Like, that's his thing. Like, his trigger is his mom. So as soon as he heard that, that's when he turned around and got Freddie out of the situation. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about what we don't want to talk about. Billy finds his biological mother. That literally just hurt my heart. Like, I felt so bad for Billy and I could not believe his mother would ever say anything like that to him ever. I didn't. I don't want you. You are better off without me. Like, I would never. I could never. Right. No, I would like try my hardest to like do whatever I had to do for my kids. And then the guy inside was yelling at her. And she's like, it's nobody. Which is like the worst. In case any of our listeners did not see the movie, he finds his biological mother and he apologizes for getting lost. And she's like, no, uh, you didn't get lost. I lost sight of you for a minute. Then when I saw you, I realized that you would be better off without me. Like she's saying that she's young and she's single and she just wasn't up to the task and she felt like somebody else could take care of him better. Even worse than that, she's like, this is not a good time for me though. And she's trying to like rush him away. And then you hear this like man inside. I don't know if you had the same reaction that I did. It sounds like the man inside like he sounded abusive that's he what sounded, i thought an abusive boyfriend yeah he sounded aggressive and angry like who's knocking on the door who's out there who are you talking to like what's going on did not sound yeah. like a good dude which made me think if she hadn't abandoned him was she going to in her life make poor decisions that would have affected him negatively and created a lot of trauma for him obviously it's ideal that he would have been able to stay with his mom but then if she was going to be with abusive boyfriends that hurt him and hurt her that wouldn't have been great either just the fact that like okay so you're choosing this angry man over me that would have killed me that would have hurt my heart so bad i i can't even imagine so you see this sometimes like with on TV, like with adopted kids where they go and find their biological family and then they get rejected by them again. And I think that's why a lot of kids who are adopted don't want to go looking because like they feel like I've already been rejected. Why would I want to be rejected twice? And I'm sure that this happens. 
I just can't imagine it. From my experience working with biological moms, I can't ever imagine a mom even doing this. Okay, this is like a grown boy. He's a teenager. He's fairly independent. But even if she didn't feel like she could be his parent at that point, why was she so angry that he was there? Doesn't she at least want to be friends, right? Like make a bond with them? I feel like that would have been more realistic. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a lot of biological parents just have so much guilt built up inside that they just can't move forward and want to even have a relationship with their child. But I just can't imagine that regardless of who a person is, every parent loves their kid. Sometimes the trauma just holds them back from being able to perform those duties in certain ways. It just didn't feel very realistic to me that she rejected him so harshly. That was really sad for me. One of the big themes of the movie is the bonds of foster siblings. When Billy first comes to this house, like he really doesn't want to have to, anything to do with them. As the movie goes on, he grows relationships with them. And in the end, he shares his superpowers with them and realizes that they are the family that he's been looking for. And whether a kid is going to live with you long term, short term, forever, the siblings in a house have such a tight bond. I think you've seen this recently because of a situation with your son who is currently in foster care where he has made a request to, even though he's being moved, he wants to stay with the kids that he was foster siblings with, right? Yeah. Because that has been like a stable constant for him. I've had kids come to my house that when my kids call them their their brother or their foster brother or whatever, they're like, I've got brothers. You're not my brother. Just kind of like Darla and Billy, like you're not my real brother. The way that kids bond together when they are in a close family is just really cool to watch. And my kids and your girls, your girls will for ever be my kid's sister. They grew up with them. And my daughter was looking at my phone um, yesterday or today, like all of her baby pictures have your girls in them. They're I was going to say, sisters. we've seen baby pictures of your daughter with my daughters. The kids that are in this house, whether we haven't seen them for years or not, like they'll always be consider them one of their siblings. So the bond of foster siblings is a really neat thing, especially when you've got multiple kids who have been in maybe not the same experience, but have been removed. Like they've been experienced foster care, they get it in a way that other people can't get it for them. And when they're around other people who've experienced that, it helps them get through it. And as a foster parent, that's one of the neatest things to see one foster child supporting another foster child because they've had some of those same feelings before. And I love how this movie addresses that. I love it. I love it. I think the movie shows that words have power. When he says Shazam, he gets his power. Yeah. For kids in foster care, words have a lot of power. People can tear you down just by saying, oh, you don't really have a mom or whatever to Freddie, right? Like that one statement had such power over him. But also when you're in foster care, certain words mean so much. Reunification and removal. And I think when you're a kid in foster care, that words have so much more power than otherwise because of how you've had such huge experiences based on them. It really felt to me like the fact that say, saying the name, saying the word, gave him the superpowers. It really shows how words have power. I see from your point of view now. I didn't then, but now I do. A really cool little flip-flop here is that when you think of foster kids in our society, I mean, and this is maybe debatable, but I feel like foster kids are the most vulnerable of our population. Kids who are in foster care don't have their biological family, their family of origin to protect them. 
they're relying on the protection of strangers and employees. And a lot of kids who are in foster care end up getting trafficked and abused and run away and homeless. And if you just look at the fact that such a high percentage of prisons are filled with kids who used to be in foster care, they are the most vulnerable. Like the, they have the least power in the whole world. They don't even get to live where they want to live. And then you take the most vulnerable of our population in this movie and give them superpowers. So they are like the strongest. I thought that that was like a cute. I guess was flip cute. Now he's got superpowers. He's got super speed, super strength. He can fly. He's nearly invulnerable and he's got electrical manipulation. So I thought that was really cool. And then how he shares his superpowers with the family. And that's how they beat the bad guy. That whole concept of the least strong of our society becoming such a superpower is, is really cool. I think that that brings me to the final thought that I had at least on this movie is that this movie shows that the situation that these kids in, which is not of their own doing, does not determine who they will be. Billy, he thinks that this is all his fault. It's not his fault. He's about to be homeless because there's only one more foster home. He is able to change his future. The situation that he has been put of, of not of his own doing is not going to determine who he is. And I think that's something that every foster kid and every kid, but certainly every foster kid should really take to heart from watching this movie is that their situation will not determine who they will be. I like the way you see that. I, there was a period of time where my kids wanted to watch this like every day. Definitely we should go oh, watch well. Shazam too because it's super fun. I really like this movie. I appreciate it a lot and I think all foster families should watch it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social. We hope that you join us again next time and keep on fostering the future.